I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. All right, hey, welcome to a new episode of the RSL Show. Today you've got two hosts in the building, in separate buildings actually, uh, myself, Andy Munoz, and we've got... Good old Josh Clark here. Josh, how you doing, dude? I'm doing well. How are you, Juan Andres? Um, doing all right. Um, state of RSL is just like hectic right now. Uh, I mean, let's just get right into it. A lot of people are not happy with Real Salt Lake's performances. Um, going back to NYCFC, we go to a, a stadium that's obviously meant for baseball. Um, let's hang on. Before I go any further and go on a rant here, tangent, do you think that that is an advantage for NYCFC to be playing on a pitch that's, I mean, obviously much smaller? Um, in ways, right? Like I know that this really could turn into a lot of arguments with certain people, but you know, it's just like with any field, you, you get used to your nuances, kind of like we get used to our altitude and, and it's an advantage. If you know how to play on a small field, you, it's an advantage, right? Like you're used to the depth perception as a goalkeeper with how close your 18 is to your 50 yard line. It's a little bit of an advantage. Is it a six nil advantage? No, but it, it's a small advantage. It It's something to, pay attention to anyway is the fact that you know there's a giant lump on a side of the field because that's where the infield is for the baseball stadium an advantage no it's not an advantage for either team but it doesn't help either to me like the state playing in yankee stadium is honestly like a joke and kind of a black eye for the league like i think it's absolutely ridiculous um just like rfk is for new england right like Two stadiums that really they really need to work out what they're planning on doing with those because it's kind of a joke. I guess one of the arguments too is, you know, like let's say you're a let's say you're an NYCFC fan, and you know the argument is like, yeah, I mean a lot of people are roasting you because you guys play in a baseball stadium, but also they were beating teams on the road leading up to their cup run, right? Right. So it's. I mean, who is it really unfair to? Is it unfair to visiting sides that really don't play much on that field? Or is it unfair to NYCFC? Because technically they're playing almost two different styles, right? Like having to adapt right? Uh, for for however many you know seasons they've been in the league already. But, you know, a lot of people are feeling the frustration. A lot of people are pissed off. I, I said on the podcast last week, 
We're off to a great start. One of the best starts that we've had. Usually, historically, we, we start out terrible, and then, we, and then we get really good, and then we get into conference runs, and uh, we make the playoffs. This, this time, I really think that maybe we start off hot, and we could fizzle out. Yeah, the the fizzle though for for that to happen, the fizzle isn't going to happen that soon, right? Well, this is still very young season. I think this was just honestly like I'm going to just throw it out there. This last week kind of feels fluky. Kind of also feels like it was coming, but I think it's something that we can work through, and I'm not ready to like make any kind of hard 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 judgments quite yet. 6-0 is like you're throwing your controller at your TV, dude. You're yeah. rage quitting. It was com- right? comically and, bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what I, you know, what I'm seeing right now is a lot of people are kind of rage quitting in a way where it's like, you know, going after Elliot, already doing polls about, you know, Pablo, should we fire him or keep him? Um, I think it's just too early. Or even attacking like the new ownership like it's right. just too early to do that well and you know we've always preached on this show 10 games right 10 and, games and it's a two game to skid. kind of figure out the flow it's a two game skid right granted it's and a, one doesn't count and one doesn't count towards the regular right. season and granted it's ugly right it's embarrassing the last two losses are absolutely embarrassing but to be already overreacting overreaching and calling for people's heads after a two kind of you know i know Let's pump the pump the brakes on that. I mean, I was going to tweet out the whole like starting the bus thing for Mitch, right? Right, it was way uh, too or, early. Or at for least that. like finding the keys. Yeah, too early for that. But yeah, I mean, it's. I think I think in the season, I think for RSL, just historically, it's like we take one good ass whipping, and, and then, then we're we, good. You know, we we avoid them, right? Yeah, you know, last season, who was it? Who was it that put? What was the scoreline? Five one, six one. Was it Portland? Portland, yeah, yeah. Portland just went pretty heavy on us, and you know that I, I think games like those are a humbling, but b also it's like, whoa, there's a serious problem here. Let's identify it, and you hope that when the guys go and watch film that they're addressing all of those issues with, you know, whoever it might be, whether it's the defense or we're leaving, you know, our forwards out on an island. Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, playing uh, to our best abilities. And so, you know, it's 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 going to be something where, um, you know, you get that 6-0 loss, ass-kicking, whatever you want to call it. You hope that the guys just shake it off and then come back in better form. Am I expecting a win on Portland or at Portland Saturday? No. No. Nope. I'm not. You're shaking your head no. Definitely not. Portland's a tough team. Um, playing in their stadium, it's a tough atmosphere. Lucky to pull a result, but it's almost like you're asking, you know, you're asking Real Salt Lake to walk on water right. to get a win in Portland. But what I um, especially especially with like morale probably being I'm not going to say morale is low on the team because I think that there's a great squad. I think that there's great leadership. There's great things happening with ownership. There's great things happening at the stadium. The fans are engaged. Players are having fun. You know, is the morale low? I No, I, I don't think so. But it's almost like, a, you know, you could use this as a real booster mm-hmm. to go out and hopefully pull a, a result. Almost like a little, you know, vengeance. A little, you know. All I'm expecting from Real Salt Lake is you know I'd be happy 
I would be happy if we lost by one goal on Saturday. Right. Something just respectable. Just to show that we're in it. Something respectable, right? Yeah. Don't get run off the pitch. Now, if it goes if it goes 3-0, it's like, okay, at that point, you're, you got to ask questions. You got to get a little grimy. You get a little, you know, dirty with your rhetoric or whatever and really call some people out. But I think what we're seeing right now, it's, it's just a little – it's a little – uh, immature. It's too early. I think in the game. I even think if Portland goes sideways, it's still too early because listen, we the new ownership comes in. That's not even been t- what mm-hmm. two months now, maybe three. I know we're in the midst of a transfer window, but we all know that this transfer window is extremely difficult to get the players you want. Do I want a signing? I absolutely want a signing, but we want the right players coming in, right? So we all know that whatever roster rebuild happens, whatever DPs, whatever U22s, probably aren't coming till summer, which means we have to be absolutely patient. We can't rush to this, oh, my God, we suck. Oh, my God, the owners are doing nothing. Elliot's doing nothing. Like, No, we, we have to be patient as a fan base through at least the summer yeah. to see what they do. And then after that, we still have to be patient for you know the new guys to gel. Honestly, we're a year, a year and a half away from being like contenders again. Now, do I want us to get run off the field every week? No, because I think we still have a very good, solid core squad, right? A lot of areas need to be addressed, but we're better than 6-0, and we're better than 1-0 against Hailstorm, right? That's just what it is. So if the results continue to be absolute piss poor 6-0, then sure, we ask questions. But if we're having draws win, like a, a good mixed bag of results for the next few months... I'm totally fine with it, right? Like it's it's going to take time. I know everyone really wants it to happen now, but we have to be honest with ourselves. Like that's just not how these things work. So I feel so weird because I'm usually the yeah let's fire everyone guy, but let, let's calm down. Let's be a supportive fan base, right? Be critical but fair with with the whole situation. Yeah. This is still Deloitte's problem that we're dealing with, right? Yeah, it's gonna take a while to clean all that out. Now going back to New York City FC, you know, 6-0, just get our faces kicked into the ground. Um the RSL, the the Real Salt Lake Twitter account, you know, kinda digs at their banner, the MLS Cup Champs, uh, which is it's it's a great tweet. Like, if you're there, you have to make fun of the banner. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But it's uh I don't know, did you see I mean, I, I, I even out of the six zero loss, I see a few positives. Um, you know, I, I tweeted it out. Hasiela Rosco, um, it's going to be a involved baller. with two of the goals. Yeah, but involved with two of the goals. The first one, just rookie mistake. Um, literally, like it almost unknowingly, like almost ends Tati Castellano. Right, like just digs his. Can't remember if it's left foot, right foot. Um, just a just a horrible tackle that. Uh, earns him a yellow. Uh, I think it could have been red. Uh, but it goes to a PK, Tatia Castellanos. Um, the golden boot, I think, was he the winner last year? I want to say he if, was he the winner. I think he was. If he wasn't, he was like the runner-up. Like, it was like MVP or something. Yeah, good player. Uh, let me just look at his accolades. Yeah, he's a great player. He's uh, He's got a lot of potential. I mean, he's already killing it in the league, obviously. Uh, but let me just go ahead and just uh, look that up because I'm curious now. He was either in the race. No, yeah, 2021, man. Tati Castellanos wins 2021 MLS Golden Boot. Um, so, you know, obviously an excellent uh, forward. He puts away the PK. Um, 
just a just a rookie mistake by Haciel. Uh, Got to remember the kid's seventeen years old, but also, you know, wh- where there's not so much of a rookie mistake comes in the second play that he's involved with. Not saying this is the second goal. I don't know exactly which goal it was. Like this was the sixth. Zach McMath goes to clear oh, second the ball out <clears throat> with his left foot and literally kicks it with the same quality that I've seen goalkeepers kick it that are like play Sunday soccer league, um, play at like indoor soccer, just the world's most terrible, no excuse. Like you're a professional goalkeeper. You shouldn't be making those mistakes. This wasn't the second goal then? Just No, no, no. He kicks it with his left and it just, you know, it goes directly to, I can't remember who put it in the back of the net, but Haciel did try to get in front of it. In fact, it hits his chest, or excuse me, not his chest, his thigh, and it just kind of floaters over uh, McMath. Yeah, right? a little. So he's trying to get there to get the save. Unfortunate deflection. Just yeah, how the day goes. deflection. A little chip. Yeah, just unlucky. It's a young kid, man. Um, already being involved with so many plays, uh, some positives, some goals. But just the way that he recovers from that mistake from McMath, and literally has to play goalkeeper mm-hmm. at a moment's notice. Um, phenomenal. Yeah, he, from a seventeen-year-old, just to like have that awareness is just awesome. He has tremendous upside. I can definitely see him going far, far away from RSL and MLS oh, yeah. in his career. I think yeah. he's gonna. He he's gonna. Up, yeah, yeah, he's gonna end up better than Carlos Salcedo. I'll throw that out there right now. Uh, I don't know, man. Well, that's that's big shoes to. You know, uh, people people will say differently, but if you follow. If you followed Carlos Alcedo's career in Mexico and then what he did with the national team, like those are big boots to fill. Yeah, but hey, I, um, that's what I'm saying. I fully believe this kid can do it. Except yeah, I think yeah, he'll do Haciel. it with the U.S. He'll do it with the U.S. He's going to pick the U.S. I don't know, man. Mexican parents, bro. Hispanic parents. They Since he was born, dude, I guarantee you, Haciel, guarantee you his family's been well, in his ear about Mexico. Oh, I'm sure. Like, but Before he even played soccer. I'm sure, but the U.S., Really needs center backs coming up, so you know. Yeah, his dad, dude, his dad played professional soccer. Oh, really? In Mexico. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, let me tell you something real quick. So, or actually, just kind of get your opinion. So, you know, Zach McMath. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know who, who to really pin this game on. I mean, it's just a, it's a multitude of errors between, you know, defenders, lack of attacking, just, just not a good game overall. Um, for Real Salt Lake, but a lot of people were kind of questioning, okay, is 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 McMath, who had great highlights in the beginning of the season, is it now, you know, is, is this kind of like the proof that we needed that, okay, this guy's a backup, is Ochoa back in the picture? And I want to get your thoughts on that, Josh, because you're the goalkeeper guy. You have always assessed the GKs in a good way. Um, honestly... My tone has definitely changed. I think Ochoa is absolutely back in the mix to be the starter. McMath's still coming up with huge saves. Um, but, you know, the second goal versus Toronto can be kind of put on – can be put on him almost entirely. A um, couple bad mistakes against New York. I think the McMath we were all kind of afraid of, the one that kind of makes silly mistakes, is starting to come back around. And I don't know if that's because Ochoa's, you know, chomping at his heels again. Maybe it's getting to him. Um, he's still making some great saves, but he's 
he's also making a lot of mistakes. And I think it's really opening the door for the competition to come back. And don't be shocked if Ochoa is back to being number one in the next one to three matches. We, uh, you know, we, we made it out to, uh, to training and we actually got a DM about this. Uh, somebody had asked if David Ochoa was, you know, back in the mix training. This was probably a few weeks ago. Um, he was training, but it, they weren't really they weren't necessarily goalkeeper drills. It was just more so, you know, conditioning and and other lighter some, stuff like some that. agility things. Um, yeah, totally. No, he's getting like touches on the ball too, right? Um, he was in there training like right next to like Bobby Wood and uh, I think Aaron Herrera was there too. Can't remember the others, but um, yeah, I you know it's it's still the the cool thing is that it's still early within the season to make adjustments like that and people still kind of battling for their spots. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like where I want to transition to next is, you know, we go, we, we, we play against the Hillstorm. It's a U.S. Open Cup. Historically, like teams just have never, for some reason or another, don't, they either don't take the U.S. Open Cup seriously or they just don't, you know, they kind of just want to get it out of the way. And so you put, you know, you've always seen like the B squads, C squads, uh, like you mentioned last week, you know, people getting called up to play these matches. So, you know, where I was going with that was, uh, you know, one thing that we heard a lot in the season is, oh, man, we have so much depth, right? Like we have so many people battling for mm-hmm. uh, different positions. And so now it's like kind of like, t- you know, it's literally in real time. We're showcasing that depth. And boy, did it know, let us down. 1-0 huh? loss. Yeah, it's 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 almost eye opening, right? Man. It's, I, you've got you've got some some people who have started, you know. So you've got some starters who are playing with this team. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, not full strength, but you're playing Hailstorm. Uh, I, I don't know the exact specifics, but it sounds like third, they don't third have a division. It sounds like this started to play what two three months that ago. That was their fifth match total ever. Okay. Okay. That's really bad. That's dude. really bad. <laughs> that's really that's bad. Really bad. This game for yeah. me was far more frustrating than the 6-0 loss in New York. Because the team that we started should absolutely have handled these guys no problem. You had Everton out there. Yeah, you had a Cho out there. You had Glad. You had Rubin. You know, the guys out there can ball, right? Like it wasn't like it was all monarchs. Mm-hmm. There were just some monarchs peppered in there. But boy, oh boy, yeah. did we look bad. And no, okay, let me phrase that. I mean, you've got... We didn't look bad. We looked confused. Yeah. And extremely one-dimensional, right? Like, the only tactic for that game was get the ball wide, cross it in to Rubio Rubin, who is the shortest striker on the team. It didn't work. There was nothing going forward. It was... We had 75% possession, two shots on target. I mean, there's probably more than that, but we just were not dangerous to me. We were not dangerous, and, of course, they score a belter. Sick goal. I'm going to hand them that. But, man, I would have loved yeah. those dudes. Man, did you watch the game at all? Uh, I did. A, I, I saw bits and pieces. I did see the goal. I saw him hush the crowd. Yeah, well, dude, so the entire match off the ball, their players were har- harassing everybody. Real big goals. I enjoy it, but also, like, they earned it, and I wish we could have shut them up, but we didn't, and it's quite embarrassing. It's it's a lack of almost like I want to say like preparedness, right? 
Um, could be a mentality thing. You're like, hey, I mean, just how we described it, you, you know, five games in, the team's been formed for a couple of months. We should be able to just go out there um, and we'll score just because of who we are, right? Like they totally, <laughs> yeah. it had to have been a, this game is not going to be hard. So let's just go get it over with. And then, oh, these guys, because the lower division teams, they want to play. They have something to play for. So they're not going to roll over. So suddenly these guys are coming at you. You're not prepared mentally, and then you're losing suddenly, and it's embarrassing. And they were obviously embarrassed. After the game, everyone kind of hit the ground like, holy shit, that just happened. And I hope in your own that's stadium. a wake-up call. I really hope that's a wake-up call for these guys because that's unacceptable to me. That match over the New York City FC match is absolutely unacceptable. I mean, we're literally talking about small potato squad coming in to – a stadium that's been around for what 16, Some, 16 something like that yeah. 15 something you've got mls right you've got a team that's literally playing at the highest uh tier. ever ever louise is making more money than that entire team put together i guarantee it exactly uh everton louise by the way shops at burlington coat factory i saw him there one time Smart guy. Not a bad place to shop. No, protect that yeah, money, right? Dude. Why do you want to pay full oh price for some of this stuff? You know? Why would you buy a $500 t-shirt is the real question. Yeah, that's fair. I could never. Dude, I have a hard time spending yeah. $28 on a t-shirt. Yeah, dude, I, I won't. I'll buy like three, you know, like a three-pack t-shirts, different variations from Amazon. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Just unacceptable. Other news. Let's see. Well, it's, Yeah, no, it's totally... It's, Go ahead. I was I was going to ask you about one other player because we talked about McMath potentially losing his spot. When does Tate Schmidt lose his? And when did we get so sour on him? Because, boy, he was having himself some games. <laughs> yeah, it's – I mean it's it, – it is crazy. I mean it's when you put into perspective, not even – has it been a full week since we lost at NYCFC? Nope. No. Literally lost over the last weekend. Uh, this match was played against Hailstorm yesterday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't even been three to four days, and everyone's already calling, especially for Tate Schmidt. I've been at the stadiums. I've seen the social media. I've seen everybody love on Tate uh, turn, because turn he, on him know, real he's, quick. He's take you know he's scoring goals. He's uh, involved in the play. Like it, it's crazy. It's it's oh listen. Tate Schmidt, although has had some, I don't know if you want to call it luck or maybe, I mean, come on. His goals they've been or nice. his, his goal. They've been nice. They, they've been nice. And it's a, it's a little bit of luck, dude. Let's talk, like, let's talk about it. Like, if you ever look at, you know, betting odds for defenders to score, they're it's the 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 numbers are ridiculous the payouts are ridiculous because it's not expected it's unexpected and so you know the i guess it's a gift and a curse because you could be tate schmidt getting shots off Mm -hmm. scoring goals and then you know the fan base just expects you to to continue to do that when in reality like tate schmidt dude he may not he may not score for another three years right or uh, or he may not be playing at the same level that he played over the last games. Like let's take score, like the scoring equation or shots out of it. Just defender, right? Just playing defense. Right. He's just been um, he's been exposed since Toronto. Absolutely yeah. exposed. So, 
But also, he's not a left back, right? <laughs> he should not be playing left yeah. back. Left wing back, maybe. I think he needs to be either a winger or that's it. Like I, no more left back for Tate yeah. Schmidt, please, because since Toronto, he's been equally responsible for multiple goals, just like Zach McMath has, and it's absolutely frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's you know we we probably saw like a a, a spurt of luck. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, I mean, it's just like with anything, right? Like you're some like literally like think of your work some weeks, some months, you're going to kill it. And then boom, it's just downhill for a little bit. But at, at this, at this quality of play, caliber of play, whatever you want to call it, um, you gotta be, you gotta be a lot more reliable and it is a little bit valid to kind of, I would say, go after him. Um, especially if you feel like he's responsible for the goals in the last few matches. Um, but you know, it's, I think it's, 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 that's where it kind of, you know, you draw the line. It's like, okay, do we blame Tate Schmidt for maybe playing out of position, getting exposed? And then, you know, that team's coming in, know that that's a weak link, right? So they're going to, they're going to play, they're going to play accordingly to that. Like teams are not stupid. Coaches are not stupid. They don't, they don't just show up at Rio Tinto, like a pickup soccer game and say, okay, let's figure this out. They're they're watching you. They're looking at the the last couple performances, and they're looking at okay, who do we want to avoid? Who we who do we clearly not want the ball against us? How are we going to play? Are we going to pack it in? Are we going to slow things down after if we get a goal? Right? Because every single team, dude, that travels, although they want that win, what's the most realistic expectation? Pulling a draw. Yep. Right. Getting that one point on the road. So. You know, it's um, where I was going with, with where I was going with this was: is Tate Schmidt a hundred percent the person to blame, or is that a coaching thing? You know, do we want to do we want to continue to play this stupid experiment of, hey, well, we we just we're just missing this uh, this little piece of positioning, so let's this guy seems to want to play that, or hey, let's just take this person and tuck him over here. It is frustrating. It's really frustrating when you think of it that way. Um, and it does lead to a lot of questions. It's like, okay, what are we doing to fix that? It, Cause right now it's just kind of screaming like the real salt lake of old. Right. Or no, really it, it feels like a, a Freddie Juarez, Mike Pecky team still, but again, same players really that have been there the entire time. Really? I, I like, like I said earlier, it's, it's going to take some time, but I'd like to see if or how Pablo adjusts. Because now we're kind of getting out of the the man motivator Pablo, and we have to see the adjustment Pablo, the the tactics Pablo, and see what he can do, right? So there's now no better time than now to prove to us what kind of gaffer you are. But no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's all in the response. It's all in the response. It's you know the response in the past was, hey, we're exposed here, but you know what? Hey, let's just continue to play this person there. It doesn't matter, right? And now what we would really like to see is we'd like to see a change. Um, and that change you could, po- you could possibly find in Tate Schmidt. It's not too late to write Tate Schmidt completely out. It's, it's working with him on a, a, on a few things that left him exposed or put him in that positioning in the first hand, mm-hmm. right? So um, listen, when Tate Schmidt was doing well and – 
you know when we were doing i mean well. it was a whole different attitude towards them yeah when we were doing well, well. i mean so, i think three weeks ago everyone was complaining that rsl wasn't third in the power rankings right so like it's all in how you look at it right this is a very short spurt hopefully in the whole grand scheme of the season and i'm gonna pre i'm gonna preach patience still for now right like that could easily change a run of another bad five games and we're probably changing our tone hell Portland goes sideways. We're probably changing our tone a little bit, depending on how it goes sideways. Mm-hmm. But for now, firing anyone is not going to change anything, right? The transfer yeah, window. No, I mean, if anything, yeah. I mean, a firing, if anything, dude, it's you're you're literally just like you're shaking it up so much, you're setting us back that it would just be complete chaos. Right. Yeah, it's just going to set us back. If we had signings in the pipeline that could potentially be put over the line before this window's open, you're setting that back till summer. Guaranteed. So, I mean, I God, I really hope we get someone in the man. Anyway, congrats, congrats, Northern Colorado. Congrats. It, it, it happened this time. You're probably not going to see that for a decade. Like, no. It, it's, that team does Hailstorm's going to disappear in a week. They won't exist in a decade, so. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, tell me I'm okay. wrong. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough running soccer teams. Well, uh, you know, I just want to wrap this up. Now, I I also want to say, um, you know, it's cool to have an opinion. It's cool to express those thoughts. Uh, I think collectively at the RSL show, I think it's just, you know, it's too too premature. And I think I said immature before. I didn't mean that. I meant premature. Um, It's too premature to just, like I said, just set fire to the stadium and the ownership and the coach and all those things. Um, yeah. So, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're tweeting is totally valid. Unless you're being a complete head, uh, online. Uh, yeah, that's anyways, whatever. Yeah, there was one person that tweeted uh, some freaking ridiculous yeah. image. Yeah. That there's was... no, no space for that. If you're listening to this dude, there's literally, no space for that, and uh, I would hope that you change that real quickly. Yeah, All right. acting acting like that doesn't get anywhere, doesn't get anyone anywhere, and it's not going to get you clout if that's what you're wanting. And you gotta, and you gotta think the repercut. You gotta, you have to think of the repercussions of what burning the squad down does. That sets us back even farther. It does, it does no good, really. So. But hey, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I respect that. But uh, you know, if there's if, a line, if there's a line, there's a line for sure. And if you know we're not responding, you've probably crossed it. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, all right. So let's go. Let's hit up Twitter questions real quick. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, let's not forget the Twitter questions. We gave them plenty of time today, and we got lots in there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jeremiah Spradlin just went off. He went ham, but he has some good uh, ones in there. Let's start with those. All right, so we tweeted out from the RSL Show account. We wrote, recording a new episode of the RSL Show. Uh, drop your hot takes below. Leave questions, comments, uh, shit posts, etc. cetera. Uh, and you guys did really uh, did a really good job on that. So uh, let's see. Jeremiah broke it down, and he just numbered them. And I don't really know if he wants a response from us or not, but uh, we did say just leave comments. So number one. Lack of attacking creativity is a gap, in quotes, in RSL. 
Our central forwards require better service and support. We agree with that. We've been saying it now. You can't just you can't just whip balls into the box and expect that that's the only way our goals are going to come. Right. It's just not. And and losing Joni to injury and probably having to wait till summer to get an Albert replacement doesn't help that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number two, RSL can't or won't play centrally in the attacking third. Almost everything is down and crossed from the wing. It becomes a pattern. Yeah, um, teams are figuring this out. Uh, it's not hard to look at RSL tape and say, okay, this is who we're worried about. These two people, three people, whatever. But this is like overall, this is how they play. Yep. And so this is how we're going to defend against them. And this is how we're going to counter against them. I mean, it's it's the counter that gets us every single time. Uh, number four, a weak attack makes every goal allowed that much worse. Our D is good, uh, normally, especially with the injuries, but our lack of attack makes it look that much worse. Factual. When when your defense can hold, but if one goal allowed is the nail in the coffin because you don't trust your offense to get one or two, it's insane. That's a lot of pressure on the defense, and it's not fair to the defense. So I completely agree. We got to score goals and keep clean sheets. You can't win... With just one or the other, you got to have a good mix, dude. Hellstorm. I mean, I I think I I saw the stats briefly. Like we had like what sixteen shots. Uh, I think, oh man, it was like five on target. But anyways, none like, of them. To your point, yeah, none of them tested the keeper. The, okay, but they had they had like what one shot on target, and that happened to be their goal. I think it was two, but our our best our best opportunity was was Ruiz hitting that banger from about 30 yards out that barely missed and what a goal that would have been for him uh but unfortunately it did not go in yeah yep um number five we need elliot to seriously pull the trigger on at least one creative attacker and one uh defensive dp i agree but again we got to make sure it's the right guy you know, let's not make a panic signing that ends up being like an Antonio or a Yura. So we really might have – we're going to have to be patient. If if transfers don't come in the summer, then we can get after ownership. I don't know if there's – there could be stuff out there where Elliot's doing maybe radio interviews and maybe they've asked him those questions. Um, I don't – I mean I still have belief that he's the guy. I, I think they're figuring it out. It's well calculated Yes, uh, in my opinion. Is it happening as maybe as quickly as we want? Uh, probably not. Does it? Does it ever though? Like, does it ever? No. Yeah. No. That's no. kind of my point. Um, the history of any like you know signing DP anything like that, it's it starts as whispers, rumors. Uh, we get a confirmation, and then it's like weeks or months mm-hmm. before anything happens. I mean, look at like the the Quayar stuff, right? Quellar, Quayar. Uh, just that's your prime example though. right and I apparently mean, where are we with that apparently that's still happening but in the summer so you know it's just the january window is brutal yeah next yeah, exactly next taker question uh taylor delinga taylor it's been a while dude what's up hope you're well out, out there i think it was like a latent or something um i felt like all game rubio was trying to draw the foul instead of actually trying to score uh thoughts josh i'll let you take that one uh, i would agree there were many times that i feel like rubian went down quite softly 
Uh, it was very frustrating. Some of those times, if he would have stayed on his feet, he might have been able to create an opportunity. There were a couple that I think were genuine shouts for an actual penalty as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, I I mean, I, I probably haven't been paying much attention to Rubio. Um, and like I said, I watch portions of this game. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've always I've always admired, like, some of the best strikers are the ones that don't go down quickly. Right. right? Like, they're battling for the ball. They're trying to get that last touch. The foul will come if you just continue to just to continue to go at it. But to just you know, when you're kind of flopping and and you're asking for the foul, then it's it's very Neymar esque, and that's just Neymar's just someone that I have zero respect Same. for. Same, and I, I definitely feel like he was on the ground more often than not this game. So yeah. whatever, uh, Rubin. I know you don't listen to this, dude. But if you do, man, you're so much better than that, bro. You can tuck him away. I know you can. All right, uh, let's see. Ruben Santos. Uh, Don't give him any play. Says hot. Yeah, hot take. He says we all have RSL and wouldn't leave it for anything. Not so hot take. Uh, bitching and complaining is fun. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree to both. That. Yeah, but the bitching and complaining has to be smart bitching and complaining, right? Like, not off the rails. Everything's awful. Let's kill everyone and burn everything down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like. I like smart bitchy. Yeah. I like smart bitchy. Yeah. Now, now, if you follow the RSL show, we did say uh, we need to bury a duck under the pitch on Twitter. So that, yeah, that's damn. not the most. Waiting it's not the you. smartest. It's it's not the smartest take. But at least it's funny. But obviously, it's a joke. Yeah, it's a funny. It's, it's it's a joke. There were some people that were like literally heated. Like it was it was ridiculous. Man. Yeah, like they were letting okay. it completely ruin their evening and probably their day today too. <laughs> yeah guys yeah you relax a little bit okay the club i think the club's fine i think we're just fine where we are all right uh eric walker asks uh how long would we have to go without any new signings for it to be worrisome if summer comes and nothing happens then i'm extremely worried but i know that's not the answer any of you want to hear but that's that's my answer and i think that is the answer so patience i mean you got to got to think right like there's a soccer player out there hungry to play in mls in the states like i i just hope that rail salt lake isn't doing you know they're not putting like their eggs all in one basket and then all those deals are falling through and then boom there's no nobody left i don't think um, so you want you want you would hope that the that basically like the net is is cast wide and and they're having conversations because yeah, I mean, it's just something's better than nothing, in my opinion. Okay. Ryan Hamblin, when, as a fan base, do we panic about our current trend? Ryan, I already think, dude, I think it's – what trend, bro? Like, we literally – we started undefeated, and we got our asses kicked by NYCFC 6-0. Take out the, take out the Hellstorm game that, for a lack of a better – I don't know, man. Like, I like trophies, U.S. Open Cup tro- – that would be cool – um, you know, you get your bid, like you get into like champions, right? Um, ex- excluding that game, and I know that we should care about it, and I know it's 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 tough, but it's like, come on, we've it's, had literally the best start in, and as long as we've been doing is this damn show, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, I just Ryan, think- that's I'm not going off on you, dude. It's just the question that I've seen. It's like, it literally, it's like. Fans are getting like they're wanting permission to go riot, no pun intended. Um, 
but it's like just just hold it back yeah this... you know, just take a deep breath turn off the tv just go watch something else we still have a great league record okay it was just a bad performance no one likes losing by six goals but it's too early yeah but but this is when this is when the 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 fan base needs to collectively hate to use the word believe but believe and support the team right like calling for their heads after two bad results isn't going to give them any help right like you got to support yeah. them right now you got to push you got to believe you got to be good fans in order to help them get over this hump this very small hump um also he asks what happened to the buses that mitch used to construct and what is the current status of said buses um I, like I said, I was going to tweet it out yesterday just as a joke, but I, even then it felt way too premature to tweet out uh, an image of a bus or whatever or, yeah. or anything indicating a bus. And listen, the easiest attack on the RSL show is people saying, oh, well, you know, oh, you guys get paid and you guys are friendly with the club. It's like, no, dude, like if, if the club sucks, they'll know about it. Um, if we're pissed off at the club, like they'll know about it. This right here. It's just like I'm not worried. Like it's yeah, it sucks. Six zero. Yeah, Hellstorm came in and like just I don't even want to say it. Like on our home turf or whatever. Uh, it, but I'm not worried. No, uh, I'm not. I'm really not worried. And I'm not worried. And we'll never hold back, right? Like the club, the people in the club still have us as the reputation of you know. The RSL show will tell us if something's wrong, and we do, and we will. I'm just not prepared to make that leap, right? Like, I was at training on Tuesday, and, you know, I heard from multiple people like, oh, your Twitter feed on Sunday was a little rough. And I said, and it should have been. You can't, you know, can't disagree, (laughs) you know? So, like, it's still, you know, they know. But I'm not prepared to be like, oh, Pablo is terrible to fire him. No, not yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Draper Ute says, I'm pumping the brakes this morning on rash reactions, but that was bad soccer last night. We've been terrible against Portland of late. Don't see it improving soon. Will Blitzer and Smith, or excuse me, will give Blitzer and Smith more time, uh, but I'm having doubts about the front office. Um, There's, what's, what's the doubt so far? Right? Just because we didn't sign a DP within the first two months of them buying the club? Like, I don't understand why everyone thinks the front office is suddenly so terrible. They built a pretty damn good squad with no money under Deloitte. And it's going to, how many times do I have to, it's going to take time to get in all these other new guys that Blitzer and Smith can afford. I feel like we got lucky being able to just snag Cordova on alone, right? Like just judging the front office in any kind of way right now is just so premature. It's, it's insane. It's like if you were to start playing FIFA on career mode and you lose your first match and the team fires you, right? Like it's it's silly. It's silly. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. I I mimic that sentiment. Like, you know, we're still talking about Western Conference finalists that no one thought we could get to because yeah, we didn't have an owner. Um you know, front office is working hard. Uh, to build a better fan experience, uh, to build a good squad. I mean, to just give everybody the access that they want. Yeah, to um, to literally clean up the shitstorm Deloitte created over a decade. 
It's going to take time to clean up Deloitte's poopy diaper, right? Like, yeah, you can't just so take six a fire hour, I mean, it's just, to it, you know? I don't know. Uh, I would I would probably be more prone to, you know, blaming those on the field on this one. Yep. Uh, I don't think front office is, is one to kind of go after. Uh, let's see. Uh, Andrew Lord says... Either the scouting department is struggling to find good and available players, uh, the front office isn't getting anywhere with agents, or the owners aren't willing to open their wallets. I highly doubt that they're not willing to open their wallets. Um, let's see. I have no insider info at all, but I'm guessing the main problem isn't the last one. Yeah, it's A and B for um, sure. Definitely A and B, which yeah. is kind of what we've talked about already. Yeah, it's still negotiations. I mean, you you gotta you know you gotta think. You're approaching players who are, you know, especially with like the talent that we're trying to go after. You've got players who are either comfortable where they are. Um, maybe they've considered MLS, but maybe not all the way. Um, think about it. To an outsider, Salt Lake City, Utah, dude, what what the hell does Salt Lake City have to offer you or your family? Other than a right? contract, right? Um, yeah. So those are still those are still very. Um, you know, those are still very, uh, I think, tough things to overcome because when I'm sorry to say it, when you think of Major League Soccer, if you're, you know, if you're outside of the bubble, Major League Soccer, what are the teams? Where do people want to go? LAFC, probably Miami, NYCFC, Portland, Seattle. LAFC, Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Nobody. Let's just be honest. Like a lot of people do not, by choice, the Real Salt Lake's not going to be their first choice. I'm sorry, it's That's not. Just not it's, it's the same. Not, it's the not, same. <laughs> same problem the Jazz have, right? Like, it's gonna <laughs> yeah. take a while to get over that hump and become that destination team. And until then, your the players you can choose from that pool is a lot smaller. Smaller, right? The, the players that are willing to come here, that pool is a lot smaller. So it it's a lot harder yeah. to go out and sign a DP than it is for an LAFC or LA Galaxy. Like, you have to really find a guy that's yeah. committed probably a family guy, right, that wants to come here. It There's not a lot of Demirs out there, right? We have to find the yeah. Demirs, really. Well, it's, it's like right now even, I mean, it's crazy. Like you think about it, okay, so, so Houston Dynamo is, you know, I would say we're like same tier with them, right? Like people will argue and say, no, well, Real Salt Lake is the better. Like, yeah, I agree. Real Salt Lake, we're the better club. But from a marketing perspective, from – the league and you know just the attention that we get from major league soccer is much lower so on on an even playing field you've got real salt lake and houston dynamo well if you pitch houston right like houston literally just picked up hector herrera uh who is at atletico Mm -hmm. um he's uh one of the one of the greatest players to play on the mexican national team people like that People have heard about Houston and Texas way more than they've heard about Salt Lake City and Utah. 100%. Um, people still think we ride freaking wagons out here and have six wives. You know what I mean? That's so true. it's it's still a very – it's a hard sale, man. And you got to think we're not the only people who know that these players are available and maybe looking for opportunities. So it's not only – you know, if we, if we think that – you know, Quayar, for an example, if we think that we're the only person or the only team that are talking to players like that, then we're naive. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Very naive. 
naive, however but, you say it. But there are players out there that'll come play here. It's just going to take some time. You got to find them. And see, and the problem has been is like we haven't landed that one big player that we know for a fact is going to pay off from the moment that we sign them. Yep. Our style of signing, and I don't think that it's going to change anytime soon, is we find like a diamond in the rough. We and we just hope that they're going to come here, mesh with the squad, and do a good job. And sometimes we get really lucky. Like yeah. Demir Krylock I think, is the best example of that. I think Cuellar would buck that trend, though, because you know exactly what you're getting out of a player like that, and that's a solid player. So if we can start landing those players, that trend absolutely changes. But I think we will always, always be looking for the diamond in the rough as well. The diamond in the rough. Yes, sir. Touch nothing but the lamp. Please, please, right. uh, okay. Please title this episode Cleaning Up Deloitte's Poopy Diaper. <clears throat> no, I can't do that, man. You know I can't do that. All right, so let's just do a record check. You still recording? Recording, recording it, but still recording. All right, very cool. Let's keep going. Damn, dude, we said we were going to do 20 minutes. We're like at an hour now. Yeah, um, let's, this let's is fine. Yeah. Let's keep going, man. I mean, this is there's some good content here. Let's see. Uh, Francis at Turncoat. Cordova scores more goals. Then Bobby Wood does, and there's no one good enough in the midfield to create good chances. Uh, I bet you Bobby Wood and Cordova have a little goal-scoring battle once they both start scoring goals. They might be battling over three goals. Who knows? But as far as the midfield goals, yes, that's absolutely the truth. Um, midfield is just not creative, and it's stressful. Uh, Eric at Kanye Asada. That's a great – That's pretty good. That's Kanye funny. Asada. I dig that. Uh yeah, people talk about signings, but the team we have right now should have been able to beat Northern Colorado. Yeah. Yup. Easy. I mean, they should have spanked them. Um, it's really weird, man. It, you know, we got the we got the tickets, right? We got you guys were so cool. So we asked um, a friend of mine, Courtney, text me and said, "Hey, uh, do you have any hookups? Like, there's you know, I got two friends from the Congo who like." are here in the US for the first time. They want to go to a professional soccer match. Can you get us tickets? So we, you know, we we put out something on Twitter and like a ton of people responded, you guys are awesome. Um, but anyways, I felt really bad for that being their first match. Yeah, that ever, that's, professional match. That's a match that will not win you a new fan, that's for sure. Yeah. No, I took I, I, I yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I get I get that Courtney was trying to do something special for him, but a U.S. Open Cup game is yeah. I, what sucks about okay, what sucks about this is like those guys, you know, they're gonna leave and and that's their impression of Real Salt Lake, like half empty stadium, losing to a and they probably had no idea who the hailstorm was or what the competition was, but damn, that sucks, man. Yeah, that that's rough. That's that rough. Hurts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? They're going to go home and be like, yeah, soccer still sucks over there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's do a few more. BYU Boozer. Cordova has a few opportunities late in the game to take a shot at goal, but pass both times. Uh, first was a good lead pass coming up left side from Garcia. Second in the box, he headed a pass toward a teammate. Do you see the same hesitation for him to pull the trigger? I certainly do. He's had the same hesitation all season. I feel like I, he really just needs to shoot. Like I, it's so basic, and I feel stupid saying it, but like, just, just have a shot, bud. Put your foot through it, see what happens. Maybe you're pleasantly surprised. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? 
you know? Yeah, just let one rip, right? Just hit a fan in the north end. Who cares? All right. Uh, Russell Malinsky says, lukewarm take. It's looking like the $10 bet I made in Wendover for RSL to take 2022 MLS Cup would have been better spent <laughs> on a pint of whiskey. Yeah, probably. You're, dude, you're still not you're still not out of it though, man. Like 2022 MLS Cup, it's just one game, dude. And I have complete faith, but I still stand to my uh prediction where like I said on the last show, we always have crap starts and then we Finished pretty strong, pretty decent. This time we finished strong, and then we're going to fizzle out, probably not make the playoffs. That's. I just want to be on record saying that so that if it happens, I just feel smart. If it doesn't happen and they win a cup, uh, I'll get a tattoo, Josh's choice. Oh. All right. Oh. All right, Spurs Bay. We got two more questions, and we'll let you guys go. Spurs Bay, I think this just goes to show how much a hype man can work over a longer period of time. I think he's referencing Pablo being like a rah-rah guy. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, and he put a little emoji. As he see a bus. bus. Oh, too early, bud. Too early. <laughs> so I think this just goes to show how much of a hype man can work over a long period of time. I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's still too early, dude. Still, too, It's literally Pablo's first loss in his you know, first ever actual full season with MLS or excuse me, with RSL. And I mean, he's, he's, he's been doing a great job. He's been doing a good job. Um, whatever. Let's just forget about us open cup. Let's, Let's carry on. Pretend carry on. Yeah, exactly. All right. Jonathan, Jonathan Pratt. Last question. How long until we see some results of these long-term goals we keep hearing about? Yeah, I don't know how to answer that one. I would answer it this way. So ownership comes in still pretty early, but we're we're having a pretty good uh, start. We lose to NYCFC 6-0. Uh, I mean, I still think we go by the 10-match rule. You know, let's see where we are at 10 matches. If we If we recover, like let's say... Say we pick up a port uh, a Portland draw, and we win the next two matches, or we draw one and and win one. I think a lot of this still, is forgotten. Yeah, yeah, we're still in a really good position, right? Um, so I think a ten match rule that Josh and Jake and Mitch implemented and has been in motion for literally ever since I remember, you know, coming on the podcast. I think that's a great way to gauge, and I think that's a good way to you know, kind of really see where you're at. And then I think, I think at that time, I think that's when it starts to warrant, okay, if you're pissed off, like let it be known that you're pissed off. And, and really any take at that point is going to be valid because you've got the data to back it up. Right. Right. I still think, imagine, imagine Josh for a second, dude, that you just like, you gave us like the best two months of, whatever you're doing and then you flubbed one and and we're literally being like just fire him fire everybody right and you weren't even given but and you weren't even given your summer window to really make your improvements <laughs> yeah 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 so i think i think the 10 game rule is kind of where i want to stick this one but well 
You have. I would even go eight games. Well, you even have to really reconsider the ten game window because of the summer transfer window, right? Like, yes, I'm still gonna kind of gauge us on ten games this first half of the season, but everything really could change when you get in some guys that are gonna make some guys never see the field for RSL again. I mean, you bring in a Cuellar and you know Beasler probably never sees the field again, or. Everton may never see the field again. You know, you bring in a left back that's a stud and Schmidt's gone, right? Brody might even be a name that you never see again. You know, you bring in a good center back and, you know, who knows? Holt could be gone. Silva could be gone. A striker, you know, there any number of players could make another player completely obsolete and completely change the whole picture of RSL. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So I said eight matches played. I meant ten. Uh, but I've whatever I was saying ten for a while, um, so right now, yeah. I mean, Real Salt Lake still. I mean, it's you, you know whatever. We're above the playoff line. It's it's still way too early to even talk about that. But uh, the record is the following: so three wins, three draws, and two losses, dude. Why did I think we only lost once? We, we lost twice. We lost to Kansas City one nil. Oh, that's right. Damn, dude. All right, scrap this whole podcast. I've been wrong. Um, now, I mean, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, the Russell header, right? Yep, it wasn't a header. It was just a shot. Yep. It was nice, yeah. All right, whatever. Screw that guy. Um, yeah, that's right, dude. I totally forgot about that. That's the benefit of being an RSL fan is you can just – you can uh, erase traumatic – Losses, but that wasn't even a traumatic. A 1 0 Kansas City away in their stadium. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's a respectable loss. That's a that and that loss came like late in the game. Oh, it was right before the game. That ended. is something. Yeah, that's something that you can't get mad about. Now, the 6 0, yeah, be frustrated, be pissed, but let's see how they do against Portland. Uh, Josh, let's give our quick takes. Um, not even really a preview, but uh predictions for portland what what do you what do you see happening and and what are you okay with happening there i see like a 3-1 loss wow yeah i really do yeah yeah um if ochoa is back in the mix so, so i'll give two predictions if if mcmath is in goal i could see yeah i could see like a 3-1 4-1 loss for real salt lake uh if ochoa comes back um, I would close that down to uh, like a, a, a loss by one goal. So I'd say maybe a 1-0, um, 2-1. But, you know, Portland is a tough environment, man. And They have our number there, dude. I don't know. Where they haven't played well. They do. There, so. They do. So, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us on uh, the RSL show. Make sure to follow us on the socials. Uh, we're on IG. Twitter, we're we're most uh, active on Twitter. Uh, shout out to the sponsor at One Wire Fiber, and of course we're on the KSL Sports Network. Uh, you can follow me at Andy Munoz forty eight on all of the socials. Uh, Josh, what's your Twitter handle, dude? Figure um, it out. Hold, please. Oh my gosh! Shut up. <laughs> this is why we can never do a cool outro. Joshua, or no, just at Josh Clark underscore fifteen. All right, there it is. Uh, Give us a follow. 
banter without us about Real Salt Lake. Um, like I said, I mean, listen, you can say whatever you want about RSL. Just don't cross any lines. Don't be stupid on social media. That's just that's just it. Don't tweet out stupid photos that are totally inappropriate. It's so mature. It's so wrong. Um, no one is going to respect you uh, if you handle yourself that way. All right, guys. Take it easy. Thank you so much for listening to the RSL Show. We'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully, dude, if, if they win in Portland, I just don't even know how I would react because, I mean, we just have to delete this episode. Why? We're telling people to be patient. And honestly, <laughs> I will I will always eat crow if I'm wrong about a loss. I'll be like, hell yeah. yeah. I was wrong and I'm glad I, I hope was I'm wrong. wrong. I yeah. hope I'm wrong. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is we give you these predictions based on trends and we might be right, but I hope I'm wrong. I absolutely I hope, hope I'm wrong. I hope we get a result. I hope Demir scores yeah, a hat it'd trick. Be awesome. And Miram scores a banger of a free kick, and Ochoa has a clean sheet. I hope it's a sick game. But if I'm being realistic, which I'm being, eh. Yeah, someone just recreates a Becker bomb. Right, right. I would be pumped. But yeah, we'll see. Exactly. So, so don't get us wrong. We really, really want to win, but we're also realists. All right, guys. See you next week. Uh, thank you so much for keeping it here. Um, also, there's plenty of Real Salt Lake content out there. I hate saying their names, but whatever. Go check out. Just go check out the RSL Soapbox. They do a good, decent job. Um, and that's pretty much it. Just us and them. So, oh, right. not even. Oh, oh my God. Bleeding Claire no. and Cobalt, Oh, hang on. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, oh, I didn't even think about them. El Show Real, guys. Yes. That's the best RSL podcast um, ever to exist. Uh, they do such a great job. Of course, it is all in Spanish. So uh, if you want to learn Spanish, now is the time. Uh, but they, they, they got some pool. They were able to get, uh, oh, I forget his name, just a, a huge, um, uh, anyways, huge guests on, on El Show Real. We kind of helped them get, the, get their started, but they've spread their wings and they've outgrown us, guys. I mean, honestly. Um, and then, yeah, of course, there's Bleeding Claret and Cobalt with Trey Fitzgerald. That's a, that's a Real Salt Lake-owned podcast, so I just don't know how I feel about that. Fair. <laughs> All right, see you guys. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.